a few years ago I heard that song and it's such a beautiful song so I wanted to share it with you all before I open up the word here let's bow our heads for prayer dear Heavenly Father we're thankful that it's Sabbath that we can come together we can hear your words we can learn from you and as I stand here Please use me as your vessel. Bring your words into me and help me speak the words that you would want me to. And help each of us to open our ears, our mind, our heart to what you have in store for us. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For those of you that may not know me, most of you do, but my last name, married name is Lopez, but my maiden name is Cole. So I'll, be, I'll forever be a Cole, obviously. Um, and I'm so glad that my parents have joined here and they are serving the Lord here as well, amen. Uh, I work with children, I work with preschool kids, and the Sabbath is such a joy, such a relief to come and just rest in the Lord. Um, sometimes there's stresses and challenges that happen during the week, but the Lord always gives us the Sabbath. And I've been working in ministry at, at church for about Maybe 25 years I've been in ministry, working in different aspects of the church. And I'm always grateful that the Lord is using me in so many ways. You never know how you're going to touch somebody or help somebody else or how the Lord is going to use you. My sermon today is titled, In the Waiting. You know... If you go visit somebody at the at the emergency room or the hospital, there's a waiting room, and you just have to sit around and wait until you're able to go visit them. The definition of waiting is an action of staying where one one is or delaying an action until a particular time until something else happens. So you're kind of just in that standstill. Even though time is going by, something hasn't happened yet. In the Hebrew, the word wait means to look for, hope, expect. So this active verb is that the person is trusting in God and acting upon what they are expecting God to do. So we're waiting for God to do something. I'm going to tell you a story about a lady. Uh, her name is Christine. And her mother and father, they were founding members of the Ebenezer Reformed uh, Church. So she was born into the faith. 
She had been baptized, she got married, she had children. Well, she eventually got divorced a few years later. And then shortly after that, she decided, I'm going to go back to church. She had a time where she had left, and she said, you know what, I'm going to go back to church, and I'm going to get involved. And she started doing that, and she started teaching children about Christ. And soon after, her son was getting ready to start high school. So he's about 14, 15 years old. And he started complaining about pain in his foot. And he hadn't fallen, he hadn't twisted it, there was nothing, nothing wrong as far as they could tell. So they went to the doctor, they had x-rays done, and still the doctors couldn't find anything wrong. But you know, this is not normal. This is a teenage kid, he can run, jump, leap. You know, he's not an older person that may have ailments. So why, why is this happening? And he could barely walk. He's, you know, 14, 15 years old, and he can barely walk. That's, that's not normal. So they finally were able to see a specialist who had said that he had lesions on his foot. But they didn't know what it was. So the doctors ended up doing a bi biopsy. And at this point, they told Christine that her son had bone cancer. And he had a 50-50 chance of survival. So here's Christine thinking, I have to tell my son that he has a 50-50 chance. I have to tell him that he has bone cancer. How do you tell your child that? So she goes to tell him, and he asked, am I going to die? And she looked at him and said, no, we are going to beat this. So she would pray. She was a woman of prayer. She prayed often. When she was in church, she said prayers. Probably when she sat down at her meal or her worship time, she was praying. She was praying for her son. She was praying for herself. And she was asking God to take this away. And she kept thinking, you know, he needs to experience the things that young people experience. He needs to finish high school. He needs to go to college. He needs to get married and have children. Experience driving all the things that, you know, life is that you get out of life. He would be missing all these things. There's still so much for his life for him to live. Our scripture reading was taken from John chapter 11. And we're going to read John chapter 11, verses 1 through 6. Now a man named Lazarus, he was sick, and he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now was sick, 
was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. And when he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. Yet, when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. You know, just think, if you were Mary and Martha, oh, Jesus is going to come, he's going to take care of him, he's going to make sure he's not sick anymore. And that's not what Jesus did, he didn't come. And the rest of the story is that Lazarus eventually died in those couple of days and they're thinking you know if he had come Lazarus wouldn't be dead he'd still be alive why didn't Jesus come he delayed he delayed for some reason only he knows and are there times where we have asked we have prayed to the Lord asking for help to receive an answer, to ask him to change something, to end something, and we are left waiting on Jesus. The song that I had our special music, Four Days Late, says, you're four days late and all hope is gone. They didn't realize, you know, us the Seventh-day Adventists, we have hope. Even if our family members pass away, we have a hope that we are going to see them again if they have accepted Jesus. It says, Lord, we don't understand why you waited so long. Have you ever felt that way? Lord, I don't know why you're waiting so long. I know you can, you can do what you said you did, you will do in your word, that you were going to take care of this. And near the end of the song, it says, so you may be fighting a fear, a battle of fear. You've cried to the Lord, I need you now. But he has not appeared. He hasn't done what you thought he should do. He hasn't answered the way you thought he should. Or myself. Have we felt that way? Lord, you could fix this now. This is the time to fix it. Another song that I've come across, it's called In the Waiting, like the title of the sermon by Greg Long, and it says in the song, it seems the hardest part is waiting on you. When what I really want is just to see your hand move. That's what we want. We want to see God work. And in the waiting, he doesn't work. Not yet. We we want God to move. We want him to answer We want him to change our situation, to make it right, to make it better. There's a hymn that says, 
You know, when the wrong seems off so strong, God is the ruler yet. Sometimes we forget that even though it's out of control, he knows what's going to happen and he has it under control. So what do we do in this waiting? You know, we're praying, we're talking to God about it. Other people are praying for us. It's weighing on our minds. What do we do? I was at a church and that I visit in Arizona uh, a couple times a year. And they have a little church like up here on the mountain. And this retired pastor was speaking. And he posed this question. What do we do in the waiting? And he brought up Luke chapter 18. Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. It says, Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, In a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared about man. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused, but finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care about men, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually wear me out with her coming. And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says, and will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? So first Jesus says, pray and don't give up. And in this parable, this widow is persistent. If she's persistent with the judge, she's probably persistent with God and going to God and saying, Lord, This is what's going on. I put it in your hands. She probably was persistently going to God. Not sometimes. Persistently. And near the end in verse 7, will God not bring justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? He's saying, I hear you. I know you're crying out. And verse 8 says, Will he find faith on earth? Faith cannot be strengthened if we get our answer right away. Faith cannot grow 
unless God is working in us. And during that trial, that situation that is not going away, God is strengthening us. God is helping us to have more faith because when the next trial comes, it's going to be even bigger and we're going to need even more faith and more strength to endure it. First Thessalonians chapter 5. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verses 16 to 18. And this one's a rather short, these are little short verses, but they're very powerful. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So Paul, who wrote... First Thessalonians and many other books in the Bible, is reminding the Thessalonians and reminding us too to keep praying because this is the will of God for us is to keep that relationship with him. You know, if you think about it, do we ever stop talking or communicating with our spouse? No. <laughs> there's text messages that go throughout the day. Maybe there's a phone call during the day on your lunch and you talk for a few minutes. At home, you're talking to each other. It's an ongoing conversation. Just like it should be with our Lord. And even if it's the exact words that you said to him yesterday, or the whole week, or the month, or the year that you're praying for this and saying, Lord, this is what's going on, and I need you to take care of this. Romans chapter 12. Sometimes when I'm finding the book, um, or trying to find the book, I start singing the books of the Bible song in my, my head so I can find it. Did you ever learn that song as a child? Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Be joyful in hope patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. Here Paul again is reminding us to be faithful in prayer. That means never stop praying. Have you heard that acronym PUSH? Pray until something happens. That's what we need to be doing, is pray until something happens. Luke also wrote in the book of Acts, 
this is an this is an interesting little story. Um, Jesus had already gone up to heaven, and the remaining eleven disciples or apostles were wanting to replace Judas with a new apostle. And verse thirteen and fourteen of Acts chapter 1. It says, When they arrived, they went upstairs in the room where they were staying, and those present were Peter, John, James and John, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, and Judas, son of James. And they all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. So this was an important decision that they had to make. So they were constantly in prayer asking God, who should this be? What should we be doing? What do we do? You know, we're, we're in prayer for months, even years sometimes. We know people who have cancer and are still going through that. They haven't been healed yet. Or their situations in our, our personal lives that we've been continuing to pray for the desires of our heart, for family to come to the Lord, for healing, many other things. And I don't know what you were praying for, but I'm glad that God knows, and God's going to take care of it. So, Christine, back to Christine. She... The doctors had said that some of the tests were inconclusive. So they had to do another biopsy. Oh, we still have to go through this? There's still parts that we have to continue with? This is supposed to be over with, right? And when the second biopsy came back, it was still cancer. But it was not a 50-50 survival. He had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma with a good chance for a cure. He needed to have chemo for a year. And it was going to be a long haul, but they were going to get through this together. They were going to still continue with prayer. Did he take away the cancer? No, that didn't happen. But it was a form of God's answer. Well, you need some treatment. Christine says that they still continued praying everywhere they went. If they were praying for their food, they were praying for that. And one day... Her boss, out of the blue, who's not even a believer, who knew about the situation, tells her 
You need to have faith. God was using the boss. Or maybe he was also using Christine to be an example, and maybe that was a seed that was planted. Christine stayed involved in church, and she even tells people that if she can get through it, you can get through anything with God. I know that God will carry you through. Today, Christine's son is married, has children. Uh, the article that I read didn't say that he still had cancer, so I'm thinking that he, it was taken care of. Praise the Lord. You know, God does answer. He may not answer the way we expect. He may not answer in the time we think he should. It brings me back to Luke chapter 18, verse 1, where it says, pray and do not give up. Whatever you're praying for, keep praying. And don't give up. Because he will answer in his timing, in his way. The last part of the song, Four Days Late, says, But his way is God's way, not yours or mine. And isn't it great when he's four days late? He's still on time, on his time. And you know what? It's 10 times better than we thought it would be. It's, if we had, if we done things our way, if you compare him, he does things way 10 times better from what I've seen. I wanna end with a verse in Isaiah. is in the Old Testament. We've been in the New Testament. <laughs> 40. Verse 31. This is probably familiar to you all. Those who hope in the Lord or those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. So if we're waiting on God, he is going to give us the strength, the hope that we will need to get through. And when he does answer, we will have even more strength because we had gone through what we did. Let's bow our heads before we sing our closing hymn. Dear Heavenly Father, we don't want to be in the waiting. 
We want you to answer now. But help us to be patient with you because we know when you do answer, it's going to be 10 times better than we ever thought it could be. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for the message today. And as we continue to fellowship and eat together, we ask that you have a blessing on our food and the time that we spend together. Thank you for this day. Thank you for this time. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.